Today we're working with uh, Veronica Brandstrader, who's uh, been very generous to agree to do this interview with us. Uh, Veronica, you work at WPI in, in the higher education world. That's correct. Uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute. Um, and I work in the information technology or IT department there. And I am a, uh, I'm the change management person. And that is kind of a somewhat new kind of title, I guess. Uh, and uh, for people who haven't worked with someone who works in change management, and especially in IT, there are two different types of change management. There's the change management that refers to the systems and things like feature releases or bug fixes or things like that. And that's referred to as change management. Although I recently heard that it is now being called change enablement to make it sound better. Um, but then there's organiz organizational change management. And that's what I do. Um, although I get involved in the other stuff too, actually feeds my job. So change management is basically all about getting people used to the almost constant change in IT and pretty much everything else. And uh, I used to really just describe it as communications and training. So if you don't have change management, if you have enough communications uh, and training, you're probably in fine shape. So that's what I do. It's interesting that you mentioned the communications and training and now now it's all kind of called change management, but I really believe that um, you know technology is one of those um, areas where change management is, is necessary, especially when you're rolling out a new platform or a new procedure. And now with the, with the adoption of really a lot of cloud applications, stuff that's not on premise, it's not, you know, it's something like, you know, Google would be or, you know, Microsoft is um, that they need that kind of change in management and basic, you know, training, et cetera, to adapt to that new world. You know, that not only are your files now accessible on your laptop, but they're also accessible on your phone. Right, right. So WPI uh, three years ago started making the move um, from their 30-year-old enterprise system that held all of the data basically for the university to, uh, to Workday, which is a cloud-based application. Uh, and that's an enormous, enormous change. It basically sort of pulls the skeleton out of, um, of everything that you're used to doing. So uh, it's an enormous change. And the, uh, I liken it to you know, being in a boat, going down a bunch of rapids, and you're basically just trying to keep everybody in the boat, trying to make sure they have their you know, life preserver on. Uh, you know, that they maybe have a helmet on, you know, if they can, they get an oar, otherwise, you know, just hang on. And, uh, and hopefully everyone stays in the boat, people fall out, you pull them back in right away. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's an enormous change. I think it's really fun. I mean, I find it really invigorating. Um, not everyone feels that way. <laughs> there are certainly times when I don't feel that way when things happen, you know, that. I wasn't uh, bargaining for, 
And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And technology, um, you know, this stuff used to be somewhat more controlled by the organization about, well, I think we'll make this change. We'll adopt this change. We'll decide when to do this thing. And instead, I mean, we've all experienced this with platforms that we use. Google rolls something out and maybe you can turn it back, you know, for a couple weeks or something. But you know you're going to have to make that leap. And um, I'm no different than anyone else where oftentimes, you know, whatever's being changed, they'll think, ah, I don't like this. I liked it the old way. And then sure enough, you know, a week or two later, I can't remember what the old way even looked like. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, what's funny is in this world of technology with the change and everything else that's going on, um, you're right. Like traditional communications and training has really gone by the wayside and really changed management itself has become an entirely critical ingredient of the success of any, you know, sort of rollout or process or, you know, um, organizational effectiveness, development, continuous improvement, all of that stuff now all rolls really with um, change management being a necessary ingredient in that success recipe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So Very how true. Did you decide, how did you decide on your role? Sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't think there was ever, I feel like there was never really a decision. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if there was ever really a decision. Um, so in my background, I studied English and art history and studio arts. Um, and if you ask around in IT, you will find a decent number of English majors. We sort of give each other a, you know, a little secret you know, wave because <laughs> we know who each other is. Um, and it's not, as, it's not as illogical as maybe as it seems, um, because at the heart, obviously, of, um, of you know, studying English, obviously, it's communication, right? And oftentimes with large projects, even small projects, the technology is really not the big deal. It's managing the people and that often means communication uh, and being able to do that and do it well. Uh, I would argue too that with English, uh, there is a certain logic that underlies you know, a language, any language similar to, uh, to playing an instrument or mathematics, you know, and that logic and understanding that logic and harnessing it is really similar to the logic that takes place in other, you know, STEM professions, uh, you, know, you know, coding, for example, uh, that there's a real logic there, obviously, um, and that being aware of that and using it to your advantage is inherent in both of those. Um, and then creativity. I mean, creativity, that, that corresponds to any field. So um, I feel like all those things kind of wrap up. So, so basically, uh, having studied those things, I was, uh, I was not going to become a writer. That's when everyone asks you when you're an English major, oh, are you going to be a writer? No, I'm not going to be a writer. Or a teacher, are you going to teach English? No, not exactly. Um, well, you're interested in art, are you going to an artist? Well, I'm not good enough to be an artist. <laughs> so, uh, so what I did is I wound up in sort of adjacent fields, things that use those skills, but aren't those things exactly. Uh, and I would say for me, that worked out really well. And 
basically, you know, like a, like a lot of people, I was interested in a whole range of things and you try them out. You know, you, you get yourself into a field. I was really interested in architecture. So I went and worked for an architect for a little while. And that was really interesting because I discovered that I did not want to be an architect after watching that being in that field for a little while. Very interesting field, still love architecture. It wasn't for me. So I think a lot of my career has been like that, trying things out. And it's just as important. You know, it's great if you know early on, like, I want to be in radiology. That just interests me so much. That's where I want to go. And you stay on that path and it's a straight line. I don't think that happens for a lot of people. I think a lot of people go in a direction and try things out and decide the things they don't want to do. And I think that is every bit as important, if not more important than having and identifying like a strong passion for something. You know, we see a lot of women, uh, you know, when we do these interviews, we'll talk about their journey and it's never a straight line. It's never just, I'm going to get graduate from school and I'm going to do this uh, and I'm going to stay with that forever. And I right. love the fact that it's not that, that there's so many elements of it. There's a natural curiosity there. And you're right. Like one of the things that you talk about is infectious is, is, is kind of learning that you can use your degree you know, or your interest in English and you could you could turn that into change management communications and in a totally different field than you would have thought for, for the traditional kind of English degree, right? Like that's that's great to see because it shows the adaptability and it also shows the uh, ability to actually say, you know what, I can apply these skills to whatever I desire to do. Whatever I want to yeah. do, I can apply these skills. Yeah. And how I wound up in, uh, in IT is that I was interested in graphic design. And uh, this is way back, that basically when computers started to get involved in graphic design. And some of the work we did, I was just thinking about this, you know, the copy and paste um, command that is still a thing that we all use, sometimes way too much, you know, it seems they'll still spend lots of time copying and pasting. But uh, paste was a thing. Paste was a physical thing back in the day for graphic design. Mm -hmm. You would copy things and literally paste them. <laughs> so, and then uh, computer, computer aided graphic design came along. I was interested in that. That field was majorly disrupted. Um, from, from there, I wound up uh, actually in uh, knowledge management. Uh, and then web web design, that field was majorly disrupted <laughs> um, over time. And uh, basically, you know, just kind of kind of, you know, if you're in a good organization and higher ed is really good for this, I will say, uh, you know, if there 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 are always needs in organizations. So if you're the kind of person uh, who's willing to say, well, I, I'm interested, I'd like to be part of this. I don't know a ton, but I will teach myself, I will learn, um, and I'd like to help out if I can do that. Uh, that's basically how my career morphed through all of those things was, you know, just being somewhere, being interested and getting involved. 
I love so. that being interested is very critical. And I think that once, uh, you know, young women find something that they're interested in, they really can pursue, you know, whatever they want to in that, in that area. And whether it becomes a full-time position or a hobby or, you know, just a general interest that they keep forever, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great way of continuing to learn on both sides, you know, whether it's professionally or personally. So what do you think about when you're looking at your career, what do you think about the, ob uh, the obstacles that you've actually had in your career? What do you think you've had to overcome? Well, um, you know, I, I don't know if I would call them obstacles. I think, I think um, the disruption uh, that, you know, courtesy of technology itself, I think mm -hmm. has been one of, one of the more interesting things. So, you know, for example, I really enjoyed graphic design. Um, I really liked doing that. And basically, initially, I started doing that when the, the programs that did it were pretty clunky, like no one really wanted to use them very much. I mean, they, they weren't very much fun to use. And those became basically they got better. <laughs> they got way better so that anyone could go in and do the things that I was doing. And, you know, templating and things like that. So suddenly, you know, everyone can do this themselves. So that as a field basically decreased quite a bit or became more specialized, let's put it that way. Uh, and likewise, uh, web creation, web design, um, that initially was a, a, again, hand coding. People would hand code websites and take great pride in that. And sometimes they were really hideous. <laughs> but, uh, but, and then there were basic tools that would help you do it, but you still had to have a pretty good design sense. You know, you had to be comfortable looking at code, working with code and to put together, you know, not super fancy, but, you know, you know fairly straightforward uh, websites. And again, same thing happened. The tools got better, the tools improved, pretty much you didn't need to know anything to right. put together a website. And what happened is that, uh, is that that work, again, became much more specialized. So if you wanted to do something uh, that was a little out of the ordinary, uh, then you were now a web developer and you were back in the code and you had to, you know, you have to write things, et cetera. So I think to me, I think that is, um, and I don't expect this to stop, right? I mean, from every indication, <laughs> this is just gonna keep happening. But what happens is, I mean, people get very panicky about this because you know the thing that they liked somehow changes, um, but uh, there's, there's almost always something else then to do that it's a little bit different, uh, but it, you just, you lift that skill set, and hopefully the things that you like to do most of all, you get to do more of those and you apply them to whatever the, the emerging need is, uh, because that, I don't think that really changes too much. Um, obstacles, you know, I remember, I remember not getting a couple of jobs uh, that I really wanted. And at the time I was, I was devastated, you know, like just thought, oh, I can't believe this was the, gonna be the thing. It all works out fine. You know, there's, there's always another job. Uh, so I think at the time I probably felt like those were huge obstacles and, um, and it also seemed like there were obstacles to getting into certain fields 
But really, you just find something in that field, I think, that you can do. And then you get closer. You get closer to the thing. And you figure out, what's the next thing that I need to do You know, if I am interested in this field? Do I need a little more education? Do I need to talk to some other people? Do I need to make some good connections? Um, anyway, so um, I, 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 am, I think I feel very fortunate that I didn't have a lot of obstacles. It was more like, you know, cho making choices. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes uh, as you go through the career too, you, you have a very quick way of looking at something and saying, is this an obstacle or an opportunity? Uh, and I yeah. think that that's what you did. You can tell that you have chosen to take the road of learning more, investigating, doing things differently, you know, um, than what most, you know, people sometimes have a reaction to. And I mean, honestly, everybody has to feel what they feel. Um, but I think it's interesting that you were able to adapt. And I think that's one thing that I've always looked for, even when I was looking at, you know, if I was in an interview with someone and their ability to adapt or their adaptability, you know, cases that they would give me examples of it were always something that made me want to hire them because there's so much, you know, disruption, like you said, in technology that, you know, you need to know that they're okay with that. That, you know, that it's yeah. not, it's not just going to be the one stop, you know what I mean? And the, that this is going to be where they want to be for a little bit more than that, even if the role changes or the direction of the company changes. Right. So, right. so if you had to tell your younger self something, what would you say? <laughs> uh, so I think I would tell my younger self. So one of the things that I was really interested in growing up was um, biology. I had um, a bunch of really good teachers. I really enjoyed biology. And uh, what I didn't enjoy was chemistry. And uh, I was initially placed in, you know, like honors level chemistry, whatever. I basically bombed out of there, you know, and, and like, it just, it was, it was, it was a pretty swift descent. Um, and I just had a really hard time getting it. And at the time, I don't know where I got this idea, but I just got this idea that you should only do things that you really have a talent for, you know, that you're sort of unnatural at. And, and that's just, that's just stupid. <laughs> it was really short-sighted. And um, what I didn't, what just didn't occur to me at the time was to ask for help because I had never had to ask for help things just came or they didn't or and most things did and so I just figured well this is just an avenue that's not open to me and I really wish um I really wish I had pushed a little bit more and had spoken up and said something and maybe you know what maybe I would have wound up exactly where I am now which would have been fine um but I I just, I just wish I had, um, I just wish I had uh, stuck my hand up and, um, you know, and asked for a little more assistance. So uh, that leads to our next question, which is, what is your advice to younger girls? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that, right, that's, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think one of the things that was in the back of my mind is that I wanted to be, um, you know, easy to work with, to be a good student, 
and part of that was wrapped up into the, you know, don't give, you know, your teachers more work to do. They have tons, you know, they're very busy to begin with. And now, now of course, looking back, I think um, they would have been happy to help me, I am sure. They would have been delighted to have someone, you know, go and ask for a little extra help. And, and that's their job, right? And they want to see, and I, I'm in higher ed. I know this for a fact. We right. want students to achieve, you know, their full potential. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's a thrill when people ask for help. So that's one of the things, as I would say, push at that a little bit. You know, if you're not getting something, uh, make sure you get that support. And, uh, you know, and I, I think the other thing is to, to trust your gut, but to also learn how to be discerning between trusting your gut and, um, and also being okay with being a little uncomfortable sometimes. Because when you're learning things, when you're doing new things, it is not a comfortable place to be necessarily. It's not your, you know, your nice little comfort zone where you're doing exactly what you want and it feels good. Um, but, you know, you have to be okay with a little bit outside that, you know, where things, you're not sure where things are going. On the other hand, I do think there's something different, which is when you get a gut feeling of this just isn't right. It's just not working for me. And, uh, you know, I really, I want, I thought I wanted this. Maybe other people in my life really wanted this for me. Maybe I'm in a job that is, that pays really well, that looks prestigious, um, you know, and it's just, and I'm dreading going into work. And, uh, you know, I mean, which is not to say you go skipping into work every day of your life, right? There are always those days where, you know, you have to meet with someone who's a difficult person. There's some hard task that you're working on where you're just, you know, that's tough. But there's a difference between that, I would say, and really just not wanting to go to work and mm -hmm. or feeling like this isn't right for you. And I, and I really, really would hope that, um, that sorting those two out and, and spending some time and understanding those means that um, people feel like they can, they can try something different. You know, there's that uh, sunk cost fallacy, right? You've invested all this time and energy. I don't want to give up. Um, but, you know, make an adjustment at least. Like, you know, if, 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 uh, the job, if a particular job just isn't working out for you, try, uh, you know, try a similar field, but a different environment. Sometimes, you know, your environment matters so much. The people you're working with, the people you're working for, uh, the general culture of the place, uh, it matters a huge amount. Uh, you know, I would say probably much more potentially than what you yourself are doing day to day. So don't discount those things, I would say, um, you know, and, uh, and again, you know, just know yourself and do what's best for you because, you know, you only get one shot at this and um, you don't, you just, you, you want to feel mostly good, you know, and excited about going into work. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're there more than we're home sometimes. So it's definitely something that, uh, uh, you know, you want to be, you want to be in a situation where you love what you do, at least, you know, or at least once go away with some sort of fulfillment that, that you feel about your job. Absolutely. 
So if you had to sum up your LinkedIn profile to three words, <laughs> what would they be? Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm including an ampersand in here, so it's not really a word. Okay. <laughs> I would say uh, technology, untangler, and connector. Love that. Technology, untangler, and connector. Very good. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. I actually really love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Veronica, for being with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate the effort that you took to do this interview on Her Incredible Mind. Thank you so much. This was really fun. <laughs>